Hello and welcome back to another episode of Armchair GMs. I'm Tommy Tallarino, and alongside me today is my amazing co-host, the one and only Jordan Navarro. Jordan, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Tommy. Um, yes, great. You know, it life is good. You got the red bottoms on? No, not, uh, not today. I can't uh, afford those. That's all right. That's all right. You can just paint them. True. But, uh, I mean, either way, we're back. Back with another episode. Glad to be here. Thank you for joining me once again, Jordan. But we got some big news yesterday in the NFLs. The first free agent signing. Well, first, in 10. Well, yeah. 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 You know what I meant. Yeah. 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 Derek Carr is going to the NFC South. He signed with the New Orleans Saints. It sounds like it's going to be a four-year deal. I believe $150 million. Does that sound correct? Four years, one fifty with a hundred million guaranteed. Um, Thirty-seven point five million dollar average. Yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about? Uh, do you want to praise the owner here? Is this? Do you want to just get out of the way? And- oh yeah, let me just. You know, yeah, my my hero, one of my personal role models that I look up to every off season. He amazes me. The, the GM, the president of uh, – I don't remember what, the pre- what he's the president. He might be the executive president or something like that. But he's the GM as well. Mickey Loomis, this guy, is a genius. Okay? Mathematical wizard. The cap does not exist for the Saints. They're actually still above the cap. They're negative $17.25 million. That's 28th in the league in cap space. So they don't even have the cap space to sign this contract yet. But Mickey Loomis is going to figure it out. Tommy, the conversion from USD to Loomis Bucks goes crazy. I don't know how he does it. I really don't. And honestly, you know, I don't know if Mickey Loomis has any higher aspirations of owning a team one day, but let's get him out of the NFL. Okay, this man is a genius. He needs to be working as Secretary of the Treasury, okay? And I will be his campaign manager because if we let Loomis be the Secretary of the Treasury, we'll be out of debt in a week. There have been no pandemic. Guaranteed, he would pay our debt off with like that. Would not pay, yeah. Would not paying it off. Yeah, I, I mean, he is a genius. The man go crazy. I mean, he's got a degree probably in economics, thugonomics, and hemonomics. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't get it. I, I applaud him because how many years has it been? We're like, oh yeah, they have no money left since what? Twenty eighteen. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, in. in to not even talk about the Derek Carr signing, which I don't think is that phenomenal, to be honest, because, I mean, he's just an average quarterback, slightly above average. But how do they continue to pull? They add new players every year. Tyron Matthew. They didn't have any money for him. They found they it. Appeared out of thin, they appeared, yeah. out, appeared out of thin air. Guaranteed. So, you know, the way he structures these contracts, gives them money, and keeps pushing the spending down the road is very reminiscent to the United States government and our budget deficits that we run at all the time. So I I applaud the New Orleans Saints and Mickey Loomis. Congrats are in order. Um, One thing I did want to ask, you know, Derek Carr, like you said, he's not the best quarterback out there. He probably was the best quarterback out there in free agency, but overall top 15 probably every year. He has that, that's his MVP that's votes. his peak. Yeah, I think that's yeah. his peak. It's probably around top fifteen. You're hoping he's a better Kirk Cousins. And off of what we saw last year, Tommy, I don't know if he is. Um, I'm not going to say that Andy Dalton balled out, but it's kind of scary how close they were statistically. Um, so paying. I saw this tweet yesterday, and we'll talk about this because a lot of teams in this division need a quarterback. Pretty much every team got besides yeah, the Saints. The whole, yeah. um, you either have Patrick Mahomes, you have a guy who can face Patrick Mahomes and has a lot of he, – he's an expensive contract, or you have a rookie that you're developing, or you have a rookie on a rookie deal that – can face Patrick Mahomes, which is very unlikely, or you're paying for an expensive mid-quarterback. And that's like the last 
that's the bottom tier of quarterback positions in the NFL right now. You're paying for a guy that can't beat Patrick Mahomes, and you're paying him as much money as Patrick Mahomes. And that's pretty much what the Saints did. I mean, he's not getting nearly as much, obviously. I mean, 37.5 of the quarterback contracts that we're going to be seeing here in a little bit, you know, when <laughs> Burrow and Herbert and, you know, Lamar, if he ever does sign, and they get their we'll contracts get later. It'll pale in comparison, sure. But you don't want to pay for mid. And a lot of teams find themselves paying for mid. Yeah, I mean, I will say, though, they probably – I think this gives them the best shot to win the NFC South. But probably, they're, think, my, they're my favorites now. Yeah, because they do have a solid defense, I think, as well. But I will say, do you think uh, Derek Carr's stats were similar to Andy Dalton just – because of Josh McDaniels, or do you think there's a little bit more into that? Well, sure, Josh McDaniels isn't the strongest head coach, but neither is Dennis Allen. Nothing that he showed me last yeah. year, really. And honestly, their OC is not very impressive either. So I don't really see this as a situational upgrade, to be honest. Um, I think it's very similar. I think the division is just weaker. And he has a better defense behind him. And people have said, you know, he never had anything behind him. And Derek Carr's never really been in a position, whatever. Look at what he had last year. He had a good O-line. He had Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. I know they were injured, sure. But he had Devontae Adams, which is a better weapon than anybody on the Saints currently. He had Josh Jacobs, who was having an all-pro year. So the offense was good. Sure, the defense wasn't as good as the Saints' defense is going to be. But I've seen him work with a decent O-line. I've seen him with the top receiver. It really hasn't worked out. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I'm, I'm interested to see how uh, he does in New Orleans because right now we'll say Olave's the one behind him. It, I think it depends on what you do with Michael Thomas, too. I mean, which I they've already restructured his contract, and I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards they're probably going to cut him. I don't think he'll be a Saint next year. If he is, you can't rely on him to stay healthy yeah. regardless. So, I mean, you're pretty much going into the season. If you have Michael Thomas on your team, anything that you get out of him is a bonus because the baseline yeah. is him not playing. And you know, you'll have Olave, maybe Thomas, and then the third guy, Kamara, who's a solid. Um, receiving back, I think. You don't know what's going to happen with him with legal issues right now, so it's going to be up in the air for what the offensive weapons will look like. But I think uh, I think this is a good segue into talking about uh, the Saints' needs for this team and what, they're, what they look like right now as a team in the offseason before free agency does start. Um, like you said... They basically have no cap. They have no cap space right now. They're at around negative seventeen million. Uh, the biggest needs for them right now are D line and safety. Do you get it through the draft or free agency? Um, this is a really good draft to need two positions: edge rushers and corners. They don't really. They could definitely use all help across the defensive line. Marcus Davenport is a free agent. That you know, them losing him would be a huge loss. Cameron Jordan's also getting up there in age. You need to start kind of finding his replacement, the heir apparent to Cameron Jordan. Um, he's still good for his eight to ten sacks and solid production and good leader. But, you know, it's, it's time to start phasing out of having to rely on Cameron Jordan. And in safety, you know, they got tired of Matthew, but they need help in the secondary. And I guess I should have just said DBs in general. Um, I like Marshawn Lattimore. I think they need help at nickel. I think they need help in the, in the back end at safety. And I think they can get D-line help through the draft. Um, like you said, they need receivers as well. I didn't think it was as pressing of a need because I like Rashid Shahid. I'm going to be honest. I think he can be. Oh, I think he can be a decent option for them. And I like Olave a lot. I think they should try to keep uh, Juwan Johnson from the tight end room. And you know, depending on what happens to Kamara. If he does play or if he's suspended, whatever, you know, you right now we have to assume that he'll play. I feel like that's a decent enough offense with Derek Carr. And um, I think you can get your D-line and safety help through the draft. Um, you know, there's some guys out there that are uh, – that could definitely help them. You know, they could, you know, kick the tires on a guy. Frank Clark, he just got released. 
um, couldn't come to terms with, with the Chiefs. So maybe they kick the tires on him. They could go out and maybe get a Fletcher Cox if he doesn't return to Philly, which, I mean, I'm sure he will. Or, you know, some lower-end guys that maybe not a lot of people are talking about. Um, Dean Lowry, I think, is a solid edge rusher. Uh, he can definitely be, like, a situational guy they could go get. Puna Ford, he's a good DT. There's a lot of options for them to help with the defensive line. Safety-wise, I would definitely draft. And, uh, you know, we talked about last episode, Cameron Jordan, probably a trade target. Any uh, big-time DNs at, or around their pick? Because they don't have a first-round pick right now, I believe. No, they have um, the 29. Or they have the 29, but they gave up what would be a top-10 pick, I believe, right? Yes. Philly? So yep. is there any uh, defensive linemen around that area in the draft that they should be looking for? Or? Um. I like Luca Van Ness. Uh, I think he played at Iowa. I'm not sure on the school, but I think he's a good he's a good projectable pass rusher. But right now, um, I don't know if he's going to go up in the draft or not. He's had some. He's had really good testing, and he you know kind of showed out at the Senior Bowl as well. So he might end up going up in the draft. You know, I had Nolan Smith kind of maybe going around that late first territory early after his combine. I think he's probably going to end up being a top 10 pick, top 15 pick. So I think for the Saints, you know, still having like these core pieces in in place in Cameron Jordan, maybe just going to get some depth through free agency, even though they don't have a lot of cap space. Like I said, they have Mickey Loomis, so that's infinite cap yeah. space. They'll, they'll figure it out. Um. But, yeah. And then, um, you know, we talked a little bit about receivers. You like the receiver room. I'm glad you brought up Jawan Johnson because I think he's a very underrated tight end. I think uh, he's came up with some big plays throughout his – I think he's made the switch two years ago now. Um, you know, one uh, wide receiver name that gets thrown out there a lot right now with the Saints is uh, if they do want to take one with the 29th pick. Jordan Addison, do you think they should – if he is there, go with that wide receiver or focus on the defense for that 29th pick? I feel like they should definitely focus on the defense. Just thinking about um, another guy, uh, Mazzy Smith from from Michigan, that's a massive human being. Um, mm-hmm. They need defensive yeah. tackles. They could draft him. Um, they could hope maybe a, uh, a guy like uh, Kyle J. Cansey, who he tested really well out of Pittsburgh, uh, Keon White out of Georgia Tech. There is a lot of good defensive line talent in this first round. I think that they just have to go that path probably. Um, wide receiver, I feel like this wide receiver class, um, I don't want to – my initial thoughts, because here's how I view the combine. I feel like when you look at prospects, you you form your opinions on their tape and what they did in college – and then you look for confirmation of like their, you know, their speed and stuff like that, their agility at the combine. And so when I see a guy like Jameer Gibbs, for example, when he ran a four three six, that didn't move him up my rankings any. I knew he was fast. I knew he was yeah. agile. That just confirmed what I saw. So for this wide receiver class, to me, the only guy that really like killed. Their hype for me is Keishon Butte. He just he tested terribly. Um, and then you got like the character concerns and the whole like all the rumors of why he didn't really play and why he wasn't really used. So this this wide receiver class to me it didn't really move me that much. And I always thought there was only going to be maybe one or two of them drafted in the first round. Um, I think you can get your wide receiver help in the second round, third round, fourth round. I think there's a lot of good guys around that area. And um, any any other things you want to add about the Saints before uh, we talk about the next NFC South team? Now we can move on, man. All right, we'll go to we'll go to Tampa or no, not anymore. It's it's back to Tampa Bay. No more Tampa Bay. Back I mean, to Tom Tampa. Brady, yep. I mean, those fans for two years are gone, and it's back to the old reliable fans down there in Tampa, but. They're in a tough situation this offseason. They have negative $57 million in cap space. That's last in the league. And with Tom Brady gone, 
it's a huge need at QB because now they have Kyle Trask projected as starter. Kyle Trask was a solid quarterback in college. Don't know what he can really do in the NFL. I mean, he hasn't really had any reps. So I think depending on what you want to do with this team is what is how Kyle Trask's season is going to end up. You know, because they can go after a quarterback if they want to, like Jimmy G. But I think uh, there's a lot of team needs for this Tampa Bay team. I mean, the biggest one is quarterback, and I want to. The next one's offensive line. I mean, we saw the offensive line kind of got decimated last year, and it's looking like they're going to release Donovan Smith and uh, Shaq Mason. So, where would you go from here if you're Tampa? I said it with the Saints. Um, this needs to be a stinky rebuild. And the Saints didn't listen to me, and they went and got Derek Carr, which I understand. Um, stinky rebuild. Um, it needs to. It needs to smell. It needs to be terrible. Um, it needs to be to the point where we're asking former members of Tampa Bay to come out on the field in random games, and you know, just do some wacky stuff. Maybe have John Lynch out there like juggling or something to get the season ticket holders to actually, yeah, to actually show up. Um, Listen, they're, they're in cap hell. They have negative $57 million, last in the NFL. I don't know if they have a Mickey Loomis. I mean, they, they did keep the core together. They kept pushing stuff back with void years, whatever. So they know every team knows how to manipulate the cap. So not having cap space isn't a death penalty. But um, they had the 19th pick, the 33, 33rd pick, and the 57th pick. Got decent capital. Uh, I think they have four top 100 picks. Let's Let's start it. You're going to lose some corners. Uh, you're going to lose some linebackers. You're going to lose a lot of pieces off that defense. Like you said, we have no quarterback in the wings waiting. Do we want to get Jimmy Garoppolo while we lose those guys? Because we're going to have to free cap space. So some people are going to have to you know, get cut, get restructured, whatever. We're going to lose two offensive linemen. We still have Tristan Wirth. So that's the good thing. You know, Shaq Mason played right guard. It doesn't matter who you put next to Tristan Wirth. They're not going to have to do a whole lot in pass protection. They have to be a better run blocker than they are pass protector, right? I think they can rebuild that offensive line pretty easily. I didn't think Donovan Smith was like a world beater anyway. There's good offensive line talent littered throughout this draft. They can figure it out. And, Quarterback uh, position, I don't know, man. Like I feel like if you, they're not in a spot in the draft to go get one. So I feel like they need to rebuild. They need to go into next year with the plan of going to get a quarterback next year. I don't think getting a vet is going to do a whole lot for them. Not with who, not with with who's out there. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, Andy Dalton, like those those guys aren't moving the needle. No, and I, th- I think uh, you brought up they're going to lose linebackers and corners, Levante David and uh, Jamil Dean. They're free agents. I don't see him signing them back. I just it just doesn't make sense for Tampa. I think. And then um, Evan White was very cryptic on his Instagram as well about potentially yeah. leaving Tampa Bay. So I, I think, like you said, it's time to break it down. I mean, the, you got your Super Bowl with Tom Brady. You need to bring in a new wave of roster, a new core, because the one now, it's not going to cut it. I mean, there are still some great players on there, but um, Mike Evans, you know, great receiver. We'll see where he ends up. Uh, Leonard Fournette, I believe, I don't know if he did get cut, but it's sounding like he's not going to be returning to yeah, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, pretty sure they've announced that they're going to cut him and that they're moving on with Rashad, uh, Rashad White. They're, they're moving with uh, White, which I yeah. think, you know, that is, I think he earned the job last year. I think uh, he did just as good as Lenny, and, you know, they're moving into a younger generation, so you might as well. Um, with a 19th pick, I think this is probably should be a lineman for him. Um, I think one of the guys that's slotted in there to go right now is Derek Jones from Georgia. Uh, you think that'd be a good idea, or should they go in another direction with that pick? Well, I think uh, Derek Jones, he tested really well. He's a massive human being. Um, it'll be interesting because right now, with the way the top 10 is shaking out, um, I think four quarterbacks are going to go in the top 10. Uh, I think Young, Stroud, Richardson, and Levis will all get drafted in the top 10. 
and I think edge rushers will go next. I think guys like uh, Jalen Carter who's not an edge rusher, he's a DT. The I hate to say this, but I just don't think that legal situation is going to make teams not draft him. Um, maybe he does slide outside the top ten, but you know, Miles Murphy, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, uh, Christian Gonzalez, the corner out of Oregon. All those guys would go in top ten, so a lot of offensive line talent will slide down. But you said Broderick Jones, he's going to have to make it past the Titans at 11. He'd have to make it past the Jets. He'd have to make it past New England, who I think will probably take an, an offensive tackle uh, with their first pick. Um, he'd have to make it past the Commanders, who I could definitely see moving off of Sam Cosme because I, I think they can move him to guard and he'll be better. Philly, or not Philly, Pittsburgh might also look to, to take one potentially. They're in a tough spot at 19. Um, it might be best for them to move back, to be honest, if the draft goes how I think it will go and pick up some extra picks in the second round, maybe move back with, uh, with the Saints even, um, or the Bills, try to get their pick, try to get a second or third or whatever with it. Because I just, like, right now, the latest CBS mock draft, Celeste, uh, Lance Zerline mock draft, has them taking Joey Porter. Yeah, they're going to be losing Jamel Dean. Joey Porter is a very talented corner. I just, I usually don't like letting a guy go who's good. Jamel Dean's good, very good, and then drafting his replacement because it feels bad, at least in the first round. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I hated when the 49ers traded DeForest Buckner just to take Javon Kinlaw. Because then it's like, okay, we had Jamel Dean. He's really good. So, Joey Porter, we're drafting him, putting unnecessary pressure on him. You have to be the next Jamel Dean. You know? Not to say I think Joey Porter can be much better than Jamel Dean. I think Joey Porter could be a top five corner in the NFL. I, that's just my thought process. Yeah, it gives him an expectation like you have to perform at this level. And you kind of, you know, with a lot of these rookies, some of them are off the ground running. And then some of them, it takes it takes two to three years to develop. You yeah, have to and especially in the system and find the right system for them. You have needs like QB and O-line. I just, you know, I don't think taking a corner with those needs is is a good idea especially with the, the lack of cap space and what's looking like it's going to be a pretty stagnant offseason for them. I feel like moving back or taking whichever one falls to them or an edge rusher even would be better. Yeah, and um, I think a line if they should go after a linebacker over corner too, you know, because Levante David was a solid. He was kind of the core of that linebacker unit for a while. I think uh, that's something that's going to have to be replaced. And then you said uh, white too. He's, it sounded like he is gone, so I think that'll be interesting to see. Anything else you want to add on Tampa? No, I just think they have so many picks that taking a corner first would be detrimental yeah. with the other positions that they need because this is a good trenches draft. There's a lot of talent in the trenches. They should shore that up first. That's all I'm saying. Well, uh, we'll go over to Carolina. We'll go with the Panthers, who I think – can probably have the quickest turnaround out of uh, these teams. You know, we said it last episode, I believe. They're not in a bad spot. You know, there's a lot of defensive talent on that roster. The O-line is solid. Uh, They need a QB. I mean, that was a story for how many years now? They don't have a QB. Yeah. That's their biggest need. And their wide receiver room is not great. I mean, it's got DJ Moore, who is a great wide receiver. But other than that, it's thrown to me and you. So, how do you how do you have their offseason going right now? I have them, listen, they can approach this one of two ways going into the draft. They don't have a lot of cap space. I don't think they're going to get anyone meaningful to sign with Carolina anyway. Um, they could go out and get Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever. I don't think that's a great idea. Um I think they need to draft their guy. I think Frank Reich is tired of the whole give me a veteran quarterback and let me try to make it work. I think he needs to get his guy. Um, so we have the ninth pick. They need to either choose 
to wait until next year. And if they're going to wait until next year, they need to take an edge rusher at, the, at this ninth pick, get one of the top edge rushers, and wait until next year to get a quarterback. But we don't need to go and bring in Jimmy Garoppolo and try to get that. No. Let Frank Reich choose his guy. So if we don't draft one, which at nine, I don't think they're going to be in a position to get one. I think they're going to have to move up, which I think they should. Um, The way I would do this, I would move up from nine, get probably the QB three or two, um, whether it be Stroud, whether it be Richardson or Levis. I think Bryce Young still goes one-on-one. Um, I know people are talking about, you know, Stroud and present people, which I think he has for sure, but I think people are overblowing the concerns about Bryce Young. So I'll say Stroud or, or Richardson, get one of them, whatever we have to give up to get them, get them, let Frank Wright get his guy. Because I feel like what Carolina is more likely going to do, they're going to sit there, they're going to draft Miles Murphy at nine, and it's going to be the same song and dance. They're going to go sign some veteran quarterback and try to make it work, and it's just not going to work. Let Frank Reich get his guy, whether it be next year's draft, where we go in with the intention of getting a top five pick. I don't like to say tanking and purposely losing, but going with the intention of knowing that the 2024 draft is the year that we'll get our quarterback or get him this guy this year. But don't try to patchwork it. Don't do what the Colts do to Frank Reich. That's a mistake. And you talked about trading up in the draft. What type of trade package are you giving up if you are Carolina? For one of depends these QBs. On, it depends on how far they go up. Because people have said they might move up to one on one. If you move up to the one on one, it is going to be extremely pricey. Um probably they're giving up the nine, obviously. Probably gonna give up the thirty nine. You're probably gonna give up a first next year. You might give up a twenty five first. So that that's a massive package. That's why I don't think it's worth it. I think they should probably try to move with Arizona at three. Um, you know, let's say that the Colts move up to the 101. They take Bryce Young. Houston's at two. They take Stroud. So at three, you're right there. You can take Richardson, take Levis. You know, I feel like that's that's a fine choice. So from three, you're probably still going to have to give up the nine. Maybe the 39 as well, maybe another first, but you're not giving up three first. It's going to be three first to move up to the 101, probably. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of these QBs have looked really good so far, so their stock is rising. I mean, we've seen it with uh, Anthony Richardson. Throughout most of the uh, regular season, it was kind of like, is he a first-round pick? Is he is he going to fall? I mean, he's climbing up the charts day by day. And he had an incredible showing at the Combine. So I think it's interesting to see, like you said, if they trade up or not. Um, I think we said the second biggest need was receiver. I I say they do it through the draft. You know, go in those later rounds, like you said, you know, this wide, there's not a lot of wide receiver talent compared to others. But there is one free agent out there I think that would be a good pairing with DJ Moore. What do you think about them uh, going after Alan Lazard? I think a lot of teams, specifically a lot of contenders, are going to want Alan Lazard. I've heard the Chiefs love him. I've heard the Ravens love him. If I'm Alan Lazard, if I'm choosing between one of those teams in Carolina, I'm taking the contender. So I just don't think Alan Lazard is realistic for Carolina. But, yeah, I mean, I think Alan Lazard fits in a lot of teams systems because he's willing to block, he's willing to do all the dirty work, and he's a good possession guy. It's not going to wow you with athleticism, but he's a solid receiver. Um, so I love that shout. I mean, I think he would fit in Carolina. I just don't think it's very realistic. Um, I think a guy like Matt Collins is very underrated. Uh, I think he showed a lot in Vegas, and he should come fairly cheap. You know, I feel like he could be a Zay Jones type for Carolina or maybe even, you know, even going deeper, a Paris Campbell. You know, who knows what the Colts do with him. He looked pretty decent. I feel like those are the type of guys they should uh, they should target. And I'm with you. I think they should definitely draft some receivers in the second or third round. I think that is definitely something that needs to happen. I, I think Terrence Marshall did fine. 
but I'm just I'm not a big believer in his talent. And you got to have somebody opposite of DJ Moore. It's been far too long for him to you know. Continue. This is the same thing. DJ Moore since he's been in the it's league, it's been year. the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And um, a couple other noble free agent guys out there too that they could go after. Maybe a, a DJ Chark or um, Jacoby Myers is going to hit free agency too. He's a good slot guy. Um, other than that, I, I'm, li- I'm glad he brought up Mac Hounds. Although, with Derek Carr going to the Saints, do you think there is a chance or like if the Saints wide receiver or if they wanted to add to the wide receiver room and he would go there with the right price, you think he follows Carr? I mean, absolutely. You know, he's the guy that gave him his most success, but I don't, I don't think his market's going to be that robust. Yeah. Anything else you want to add for uh, Carolina? No, go get Frank Reich, his guy. 2024, Caleb Williams, Drake May, or one of these four in this round. Do not sign Jimmy Garoppolo or Adam, Andy Dalton or whoever. I do, I, before we leave this, I do want to say they should bring back Sam Darnold um, on a cheap deal. I do like that. Um, let him be the backup, be the bridge quarterback or something. But I better not see Taylor Heineke, Mason Rudolph, Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield, God forbid he comes back, Sam Darnold starting, Carson Wentz. I better not see one of these guys. All right, Frank Reich has endured too much. Let him get a young quarterback and and mold him and and build him up. And, you know, we've seen all all those guys you lifted off, we've seen them with multiple chances, and it's the same result every single time. So why would it be different now? And and we Um, talked about this. We talked about this before we started. If they move up to three and get Anthony Richardson, you're not getting fired as a GM. No. He has a terrible passing profile, I will admit. All right. Like I said at the combine, he just confirmed to me that he's very athletic. I didn't know he's going to be the most athletic quarterback ever tested, but that's why he's moving up because he's an outlier athletically. He's not a good passer right now. He's very raw. He needs reps. He needs starts. He probably should sit a year. But you are not going to get fired for taking him because it is. Even if. His 65, 70% outcome is bust. If he hits and you get a Jalen Hurts or you get a Josh Allen, it completely changes your franchise. And he's well worth the risk. I mean, I think you said it best. I mean, Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen going into the league, it was they're not they're not great passers. Like they 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 can prove a lot better, and they have and they're, they're uber-athletic at the quarterback position. We've seen them do many things that not a lot of quarterbacks can do. The only ones that probably can do what they do is probably Patrick Mahomes, and that's it sometimes. So, like you said, it's you're taking a, you're taking a huge risk, but it's one that's not going to be looked down upon. Yeah, no one's going to blame you for taking a chance on the guy that is built like Cam Newton and yeah. like Michael Vick. You know? <laughs> no one's going to blame you. And we've seen what a quarterback like Cam Newton can do for Carolina. So um, we'll we'll go on to the last team in the NFC South near uh, Atlanta. QB's the biggest need. I mean, Desmond Ritter, I don't think he's going to cut it. I think he's he had okay moments, but nothing where it stood out. Edge rush, I think, is their second biggest need. But we kind of said that last episode with them. But they had the mo- second most cap space. So I think it's interesting to see what they do with that. Um, what are your thoughts for them this offseason? You hit the nail on the head. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. It's the biggest need on every team in this division. Atlanta is no different. I think um, – and I guess the next segment is rumors, and we're talking about Baltimore using the non-exclusive tag on Lamar. So let me let me set this scene up for you, Tommy. Paint the if picture. I if I am Atlanta, I have the eighth pick right now. That might I might be in a position to get a Will Levis or a an Anthony Richardson, depending on what happens, how the how the draft shakes out. If I'm Atlanta and Lamar gets the non exclusive tag put on him, I am giving him the most toxic contract known to man. I'm going to fully guaranteed front load it with a bunch of money, put a bunch of 
contract language in there where he really can't be traded unless we're going to take a massive cap hit. I'm going to make it unmovable. And he's going to bring it back to Baltimore and say, hey, this is the contract that Look what I got. And Baltimore is going to say, I guess we'll take the two first-round picks from Atlanta. And then and people are going to say, well, well, if you make a toxic contract, then you're not going to be able to move him, and that's bad for Atlanta. You get Lamar Jackson. Why would you want to move Lamar Jackson? I mean, like, you're at, I could get it if they're you know picking two or picking three, and they can get a Stroud or a Bryce Young. You're at eight. You're taking projects. You're taking Will Levis, who has no touch, Anthony Richardson, who is infinitely raw as a passer and legitimately might flame out of the NFL – before his rookie contract ends because he just doesn't develop. So with those risks in mind, yes, I would take Lamar Jackson. I mean, and that's how, that's what I would do now. You know, that's a, that's an unlikely scenario. Um, I still think Lamar ends up back in Baltimore. They make something work. You know, I just, I don't think a team would do that. That's my evil genius brain making the toxic contract, the poison pill to get them let us have them. But realistically, they're going to give him a contract. No one's going to give him fully guaranteed money, unlikely. He gets a contract from a team, and Baltimore's going to match it, probably. Um, so you still need a quarterback. You either take one of the projects or you move up. Or you ride with Desmond Ritter, give him a full season. You're probably going to be bad because Desmond Ritter, I don't think, is a very good at quarterback. And you take one next year. And you take an edge rusher this year. I don't hate where Atlanta is at all. I don't think they can really go wrong with their pick if it's a quarterback or an edge rusher. And, um, you know, say say they do go out and get Lamar. What's the edge? They're, they're not going to have the probably the best edge rusher um, in the draft, or at least the first one off the board. What's uh, Who are they going after for an edge rusher? Um, it'll be someone in the second round. Um I don't really know of any around the 44 right now off the top of my head. But, yeah, I mean, if, if you get Lamar Jackson, the rest of your offseason is spent on the secondary. And they have the second most cap or on, in, on the defense, my bad. And they have the second most cap space in the NFL. So, you know, they could go out and do a, a lot of things. Um, could go out and get a Frank Clark. They could get a Khalil Mack. They could get an Arden key. You know, they could sign pretty much anyone they want, even on top of signing Lamar Jackson, because, you know, you would assume his cap hit isn't going to be $70 million the first year. Uh, so, yeah, Atlanta's in a really good spot, man. I think this is a very important offseason for them. They have to figure out one of those positions, though. You either have to get a quarterback or you need to figure out your edge rushing position. Preferably, you get both of them figured out this offseason and you move into – Adding pieces to contend. I think you said it best. Anything else you want to add uh, for Atlanta? Now let's talk about some of these rumors, man. Yeah, I mean the rumors are swirling in the NFL. I mean, in maybe the off season, but the rumors go about almost every day. Um, you want to take it away with the first one? Nah. I mean, do you want me to talk about? Man, I'm so tired. Listen. Listen, they're making mistakes, and the Shocker. city, in 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 the state of New York, in the city of New York City, in MetLife, which I'm pretty sure is in Jersey and not in New it York, is. but that's besides yeah. the point. The Giants are making giant mistakes. Tommy, yeah. we just saw Derek Carr get thirty-seven and a half million per year. We just saw Gino. Signed for three years, one hundred and five million. He can get up to fifty-two million in the first year, so it's really like a, you know, probably like a two-year contract, really. And here we are with Daniel Jones. He wants forty plus million a year. Still, uh, the last rumor I heard was the negotiations are going right down to the wire. The deadline for the franchise tag is in an hour. It's one fifty right now. I think it's 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Going down to the wire. They franchise tag him. That's $32 million. 
But they've said if they franchise tag Daniel Jones, they're going to try to hammer out a long-term contract with Saquon. So they really are they're, – they're going to shoot themselves in the foot this offseason. They're going to give Saquon money. Don't. Or they're going to give Daniel Jones a bunch of money. Don't. Realistically, and I hate to say this, Saquon Barkley does not need to be a giant next year. It is a waste of money for a team that's that piss poor on offense. They have no receivers. I like Dan Bellinger, but if you could add a tight end, I would. Their quarterback is bad. I'm tired. The Giants fans have fooled themselves into thinking he's a franchise quarterback. He's not. I see Giants fans on Twitter talking about, well, Daniel Jones is seven years younger than Geno Smith. Geno Smith can throw the football. I don't have to take the football out of Geno Smith's hand to win games. And don't say Geno Smith's not athletic because Geno Smith can run. Sure, he's not Daniel Jones. He's not Vanilla Vic. No. But that's all Daniel Jones has going for him is that he's fast and that he can run. That's why their offense worked because it was pretty much modified Wildcat with the, with the occasional pass from Daniel Jones. He, he passes it just well enough for you to respect him. This is, this is what the 49ers did with Jimmy Garoppolo on steroids. He took the ball out of his hands in the playoffs because he just wasn't passing the ball that well. The Giants did that the entire season because that's the only way they could win games. Because if he if he gets the freedom to throw the ball, Tommy, he's liable to throw it to the other team or fumble it, and that has never changed. The turnover problems didn't just magically disappear. Brian Dayball told him to stop throwing the football and get it out quickly because you are a mistake-prone quarterback. He's the same guy, and we want to give him 40-plus million, hamstring our team. What did I say at the top of the show, Tommy? Either you have a guy that can get Patrick Mahomes, you can he can face him. He, that guy's either on an expensive contract or he's on a rookie deal, which is preferred, the rookie deal, or you have a rookie you're developing, or you're paying for mid, and you don't ever want to be paying for mid, and they're paying for something that's worse than mid. I, I was glad you, you said that, they're paying for something worse than mid, because realistically, what is Daniel Jones's ceiling? I... Is it Kirk, his 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 ceiling is Kirk Cousins with legs? Yeah, and which might which might be enough to beat a Patrick Mahomes if the rest of your team is really good and Brian Dayball is the coach that I think he is. But let's be honest with ourselves. People keep saying he's seven years younger than Geno Smith. He's younger than Derek Carr. He's ascending. This guy's been in the league for five years. Yeah, it's not like he just came in the league. Okay, the Geno Smith thing. That's an outlier, okay? The Jared Goff thing, that's an outlier. Even Jared Goff made the Super Bowl, I think, in his rookie contract, I believe. And he's that, still that's around 4,000 yards on his yeah, rookie th- those are those are outliers. The late bloomers, outliers. You know, for every Kurt Warner, there's a guy that might – there's a Mike Glennon, okay? For every Kurt Warner there is. Daniel Jones is not worth it. Franchise tag him, give him $33 million. That's too much. That's he should not be making more than Derek Carr. That's no. too much money. Thirty-three million is still too much, but at least then you give him another season. You can get some weapons, see what he does, and if he if after next season if he has shown improvement, and it looks like he actually is ascending, and he makes me eat my words, then give him the contract. But to give him forty plus million a year off of what he did last season is hilarious and objectively it's franchise malpractice because you have to assume Tommy they give him that contract they want to keep Saquon as well so then you're paying a running back big money you're paying a quarterback big money your offense is going to be the exact same and um I'm glad you you brought up you know if you have Daniel Jones on your roster if he does hit his ceiling it's going to take a roster around him you're going to need talent around him. When you give a guy $42 million, it's kind of hard to put talent around him. Yep. That means you have to do really well in the draft. Giants are terrible in the draft. It doesn't matter who's at GM. They've been terrible since drafting, my God, since, like, what, 2015? Yeah, I mean, you know, if they're new, you know, if Joe was a good drafter and their GM and Brian Dayball and those guys, I feel like they hit – their draft pretty well, but they're putting a lot into the defensive side of the ball, which is fine. 
But again, I need to see you develop some wide receivers, develop another running back other than Saquon, who they didn't develop, obviously. Develop that offense. Let Daniel Jones work with it, you know, on the franchise tag, then do it. Because like you said, you pay him this money and you miss on some draft picks or he doesn't develop anymore and he's just who we think he is, you are screwed. You're screwed. You are facing eternal mediocrity. And I think it's hilarious that Giants fans talk about the Cowboys and how Dak Prescott is overpaid and how if he took a little bit less money, they could put a better team around him. And then they they don't say the same thing about Daniel Jones. This is an overpay. This is beyond an overpay. This is quite literally putting your franchise on the fast track to getting your coach fired and having to rebuild once again, which they're not even really out of their rebuild yet. He's not worth it. Franchise tag him, give Saquon his little contract, whatever, two years, $30 million, whatever you're going to pay him, whatever. He doesn't deserve it. I mean, he does deserve it, but you don't pay a running back. I feel like there's a lot of talent in this running back class. Just draft a guy, bring him back if you want to, but I feel like you should let Saquon go elsewhere. Um, I know um, the bar is kind of like what Dak Prescott's getting. This is Dak Prescott's probably worst year of his career. And he still probably had around the same – I know he had a lot of turnovers, but he still had probably had the same number of touchdowns as Daniel Jones throwing. He missed what? He missed like six six games, seven games? Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Jones had 15 passing touchdowns. And you could say 22 total touchdowns. That doesn't impress me. It's not a lot. Patrick Mahomes Mahomes had like, what, 50 passing touchdowns? Yeah. 40-something? I mean, it's crazy. Listen, he's not good. He's not good at playing quarterback. He has potential because he's fast. He's yep. 25, 26. He's been in the league for five years, okay? He's not ascending anymore. This is who he is. And um, I think we got to talk about the other New York team. The Jets are talking about trading for Aaron Rodgers right now. I think they have to get this done, the Jets. I think they're desperate which I don't yeah, think is I mean, a good spot to be in the NFL. And I think they are – they're making it so clear. They have a terrible poker face. Um, apparently, I just read on my phone uh, just a little bit ago that he's meeting. Aaron Rodgers is going to meet with Jets officials in person. So it's looking like they're, they're putting all their eggs in this basket. Um, I get it. I absolutely understand it. But here's the thing, Tommy. Me and you both know this is a – Aaron Rodgers playing until he gets bored situation. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, this is an Aaron Rodgers plays until he gets bored situation. You could get him, restructure his contract, whatever. You probably make it a two-year deal. After the first year, he could retire. You could give up the first, second, whatever you got to give up to get him, and he could retire. And let's be honest. It's going to take the first half of that season for him to get used to everybody, get used to the new system. He's never played anywhere but Green Bay. It's going to take them a little bit to get chemistry. And in the AFC East, Miami's going to be better than they were this year with Vic Fangio. Their defense is going to be much better. Buffalo is, you know, I'm not going to count out Buffalo. They've been consistent, and Josh Allen is Josh Allen. New England, again, I know people are so down on them, but and even you, and I get it, <laughs> they've been bad. But, dude, they can't possibly be worse no. than they were last year on offense, and it's still Bill Belichick. He, The defense is never going to be terrible. And if they figure it out offensively, that team is a wild card team, and it's not. Gillette is the worst place to play as an opposing team. You don't want to go there. Justin Fields. <laughs> you don't uh. want to go there. So he's going to a tougher division than the NFC North. He's going to have some chemistry issues at first. They're going to figure it out. So if they're not going to the playoffs, or if they're in the wild card race and they go there and they get bounced in the first round, that could be it. That could be the peak you got with Aaron Rodgers. So they're desperate. I feel like it was a mistake to let Derek Carr go, to be honest. Although we've said that Derek Carr's peak is probably top 15, maybe right outside the top 10. I would rather just give him that money than trade assets and also pay Aaron Rodgers and have the potential that he could retire in the next yeah. year. on the Maybe even mid-season. You, know, you never know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. He's a free spirit, and he's just going to do whatever he wants to do. So it's it's a dangerous proposition. I think they have to get it done, like you said. I think they put themselves in that corner, but it's a they're walking a thin line here. 
And I think they have to get it done because their security blanket probably was Derek Carr. That's what it sounded like the whole offseason. Yeah. Oh, they, they're going to go after Rodgers. If they don't get him, it's going to be Carr. Now it's going to be, you go after Rodgers, you don't get him. Okay, Jimmy G. But he might be in Carolina or in the NFC South. Okay, who do yeah. you go with after what? Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson again. And then you're you're in purgatory again. There'll be a what, 7-10 team again? I mean, it's just, like you said, they're, they're desperate and they kind of put themselves in this situation. Um, you want to talk about Baltimore and Lamar? I mean, we kind of touched upon it um, earlier. Anything else you want to add on that situation? I think it's the right decision to use the non-exclusive tag, to be honest. I didn't ever like the idea of them using the exclusive tag on him and pretty much telling him either play or sit. Using the non-exclusive, uh, you give EDC the opportunity to say, I don't want to be the guy to give him the contract, but if someone else is willing to give him this huge contract, then I'll match it. You let, you know, because Lamar doesn't have an agent, so Lamar can go out there and figure it out himself and come back to him. And if you, you know, but here's the only issue I have with it is, sure, they can not match and they'll get the two first. You can get more than two first for just trading him. So that's the risk you run there. But out of all the options, I do think it's uh, it's kind of the best middle ground for both parties here. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this situation for so much. I feel like there's probably we we've had every every nail on it. Um, one thing I think uh, this is an interesting one. You should explain. There's rumors that Jimmy G might follow a fellow def- or a San Francisco 49er coach, and that's to Houston. D'Amico Ryan's got his job in Houston. They're saying Jimmy G could follow. How do you feel about that for Jimmy G, not as a Niner fan? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't care where Jimmy Garoppolo goes, yeah. to be honest. Um, it's interesting. Um, I think it's more likely than not just a rumor. I don't see Houston passing up taking a quarterback at two, uh, especially for D'Amico Ryans. They gave him, you know, the six-year deal. They're letting him build that team. Yeah. So they should just draft a guy. But if he did go to Houston, it's interesting. Uh, I think it would mean that D'Amico probably thinks there's a little bit more talent, a little bit more juice to squeeze out of that defense than shown, and maybe he thinks it can be a pretty quick turnaround. Um, I don't know if it can be, but if he has that confidence to sign Jimmy Garoppolo, that's kind of what you're saying. I don't think you're signing Jimmy G to be a bridge quarterback because I think he's a little bit better than a bridge quarterback. He's went to a Super Bowl. He's went to multiple NFC Championship games. So he has that playoff experience. He's a fine quarterback, and you can contend with him. So a team like the Raiders or somebody, you know, they're going to want Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so, yeah, if, if Houston thinks they can turn it around, they play in the AFC South. So if they think they can contend a little bit faster than other people are giving them credit for, then I don't hate it. One thing you left off Jimmy G's resume was a two-time Super Bowl champion, but um, true, true as as a backup, <laughs> true. <laughs> I think uh, I think a, a more interesting situation in the AFC South. Calvin Ridley reinstated. I mean, we saw last offseason he got suspended for a year for gambling, and Falcons traded him. At the deadline, they, I thought they got a pretty good deal for him, the Falcons, and I felt like it was it was a good deal for both teams. Calvin Ridley's going to join that dynamic offense, and how much is he going to add there in Jacksonville, you think? Well, he's a phenomenal route runner. Um, to put into perspective, though, he is 28. He came into the league at 24. He's he's going to be 29 in December. So he's, he's older. He hasn't played a game since 2021, so there's some – some risk there but it was a fifth round pick i think and then i think it's a fourth if he if he plays or something there's like a that. lot it's of a second seven. yeah and it's a second if he gets an extension with the uh with Jack the jaguar Hill. sorry I just but yeah i just blanked on their name uh but i think he adds a lot to this offense he's a really good wide receiver i know people kind of give him crap because he's really only been had one uber productive year with julio um but he was really good that year. He was really good. 
think he's a great route runner. I think he opens up that that offense even more because I think you have to respect what he can do deep. And, you know, like I said, he can get open over the middle of the field as well. And, you know, we saw, saw him in Atlanta. They would launch a lot to him down the sidelines. He was, you know, kind of their deep threat. So I, I really like that for for Jacksonville. I think their offense is going to be spicy. I think it's going to be very interesting to watch, especially Trevor Lawrence, what his development looks like, because if he comes in and he looks like a you know, top five quarterback in the league next year, he's going to have an embarrassment of riches. You know, Travis Etienne out of the backfield, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. Uh, they, they're bringing back Evan Ingram. It's going to be a very electric offense, probably the best offense in the AFC South, without a doubt. Dougie P doing wonders. I mean, all you got to do is believe in Dougie P and Ronnie Bass and you're home clear. Absolutely. We, we've been saying it for months now. If you haven't listened to us now, doing something wrong, at least for the Jacksonville situation. Other other situations, if you don't listen to us, I could see why. Um, the last team I want to talk about is uh, the Los Angeles Rams, just because coming into the year, it looked like there was such a good chance for them to go back to the playoffs, you know, back for another deep run, maybe even back-to-back Super Bowl champions. And they fizzled out by what? What week four, week five? Yeah, and they they got some massive contracts. Sean McVay might not be head coach anymore after this year. A lot of there's a lot of external factors surrounding this team. They just released Bobby Wagner, who was supposed to be yeah, you know he was a veteran last year, but he was supposed to be kind of like that replacement for Von Miller, I'd say. Yeah, to kind of step into that role. We talk about Jalen Ramsey. You know, he could be on the trade market. They still have Aaron Donald. Matt Stafford, he's coming off of, I think it's a pretty big injury, you know. I, I believe it was the neck, right? I mean, yeah. something not to take lightly. Cooper Cup, he got injured as well. He missed around six games. A lot of, a lot of things wrong with this team. I'll, I'll just have you uh, start, Jordan. Yeah, this, this team's future is definitely in limbo. Reading Matthew Barry's, uh, I think it was 23 things he heard at the Combine, he said that Matt Stafford, retirement's still not out of the question. I do think he'll play. Uh, I think it's more of a rumor than actual source. But they said that he could barely throw last year and that the injury is extremely serious to the elbow. And then, you, you know, you said the neck thing he had. This team's on its last legs. Uh, I think McVay came back with the idea that they would get rid of some of these contracts. Um, Bobby Wagner's gone. They're releasing Leonard Ford if they can't trade him. Jalen Ramsey, they don't really know what they want in a trade. They said a first and a second. If they can't get that, who knows what they do with them. they got to rebuild the offensive line. It's the absolute number one priority there. But if the injuries are stacking up on Stafford and he can't play, and they did just guarantee his contract the next two years kind of as a you know a service to him for winning him a Super Bowl, this could be it. You know, that could be the Rams are going to be in for a very long rebuild. They don't have a ton of draft capital, and they, you know, they got a lot of aging guys that they're going to have to get off their books first. But I think they'll come back. They'll, you know, definitely rework the offensive line. They're going to have uh, Cooper Cup. Oh, also Allen Robinson. They've said they're going to pay down some of his contract to try to move him. I forgot all about that. They're going to have Cooper Cup. Cam Akers look fine at the end of last year. They'll probably bring in a guy. They'll run it back with Sean McVay, do what they can next year, try to maybe make a wild card run or something like that. And then, you know, I think it's kind of like a last hurrah for this team, you know, for just a couple of guys on the team to come back, play again. But I do think that this team is on its last legs as a group collectively. Now, if Stafford, say he does get injured again or doesn't come back, Think they bring back Baker Mayfield? What's that quarterback situation going to look like? Baker's looking for around six to eight million. Apparently, they could definitely bring him back as the backup, uh, but they're going to have a lot of competition for him as a backup quarterback. I think people underrate how much Baker Mayfield is respected in the NFL. He's definitely going to get a backup job for probably the rest of his career. I don't ever see a year where he's just not going to have a job because I think he's a serviceable quarterback, serviceable quarterback in a pinch. I don't think he's ever going to be a starter again, but 
he, there's a lot worse backups you could have. And he actually played decently for the Rams. So I do think they'll try to get him back. Any other rumors you want to bring up? No, man, that's it for me. One thing uh, I did forget to mention, it was during the Lamar um, segment. Did you see the clip from PFT with Adam Schefter? Oh, with Adam Schefter trolling him? Yeah. I, I just want to bring it because I thought that was funny. I mean, Yeah, it was hilarious. Um, you might have saw online that Lamar Jackson could have, could be a Washington commander. It was just a whole big thing. Uh, it's not true. He's, I mean, he could be a commander, but the reports of them saying, oh, Washington's going all in, offering five first-round draft picks, it's not true as of right now. Well, you know, Tommy, just an interesting little idea. What if Washington cleared enough cap space? Because we know you got this whole Dan Snyder thing going on. And it looks like he's, you know, he's going to sell the team. It's a matter of when, not if, they're going to force him out. What if Dan Snyder kills the cap space? They use the non-exclusive tag on him. He does what I said Atlanta should do. Give Lamar just a, a ridiculous contract. And he sells the team. I, Listen, it, as a as a as a fan, me. as a fan, you're not gonna be mad at him because you got no. Lamar Jackson. You know, you don't care whose money it is. You're not, you know, who cares? I'm a fan. I I don't. If the 49ers went out there and got Lamar Jackson and it was a ridiculous contract, sure, I'd be like, well, this is kind of insane to give him this, but it's Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So I wouldn't be upset. So you know, he does that. He sells the team. He's not gonna have to pay that contract. He's not the owner of the team anymore. So it's it does two things. It's a big fu to the NFL and to into Baltimore. And he kind of saves face. Fans are gonna you know remember him for being the one to get him Lamar Jackson. And he doesn't have to pay the contract. Listen, Dan, I'm free. I can hey PR guy right here. You know hire me. I've got ideas. Washington, I think, does need a good PR guy with everything going on there. <laughs> I will say. Um, yeah, I I just thought I'd bring that up because, you know, it, it was funny because, I mean, he genuinely – he played it off like it, it was breaking news. So I thought it was – it'd be interesting to bring up because, you know, it, there are rumors in the NFL, so you never know. But um, yeah, It's Adam Schefter. Oh, yeah, Adam oh, 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 breaking news. Breaking Actual news. breaking news. Breaking news Actual here breaking. on Armchair GMs. What do we got here? Actual. Uh, it's not yeah. Yes. All right, it's Lamar Jackson will get the non-exclusive franchise tag, allows Jackson to negotiate with other teams, but Baltimore has the right to match it. It is official. That is the the franchise tag they are using on him. Okay, so it's no longer a rumor. It's it's the truth. Um, Okay, we'll we'll add on a couple more minutes now to this episode. Where, um, what teams are going after him right away, you think? You got Atlanta probably. Atlanta absolutely has to jump on that. Yes, absolutely. The Giants, you should be talking to Lamar Jackson. The Chicago Bears, listen, I know they got Justin Fields. If I could get swap. Lamar Jack, if I could get Lamar Jackson and trade Justin Fields, I would. Uh, Houston Texans, the Raiders, the Patriots have money. They don't have a ton, but they do have some. They have about thirty-three million, I think. Uh, and they're the top Jets. fifty-one. Yeah, there is there is so many teams. Um, any team that needs a quarterback in the NFL that can muster up enough cap space should be talking to Lamar Jackson. But specifically to bring it down, Atlanta, the Giants, the Texans, the Raiders. And the Bears. That's five right there. Five solid options for Lamar Jackson to go to. Okay. Now, breaking news. I think that's all we have for today now, after that breaking news. Yes. Oh, But Atlanta specifically, listen to me. Yeah. Listen. Do what I said. Give him a ridiculous contract. Who cares? It's Lamar Jackson. You're not going to draft a Lamar Jackson. And imagine no. how good Lamar Jackson would look in Atlanta. It's a dream yeah. scenario. I mean, you had Michael Vick in Atlanta. It's a Imagine dream what Lamar can do. scenario. I mean, he's not bad for running back. So, 
dream. But listen, Arthur Smith, you want to run the ball, don't you? You want to run the ball? Imagine Lamar running no, the I ball. Wanna, I want to see Lamar throw it. I want him to run, but I, I want to see him throw it more. Arthur Smith wants that old school smash mouth football. That's Get the Lamar problem. Jackson, hire Greg Roman. No, no, you, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 you said you don't want to see Greg Roman in the NFL anymore. I'm just saying from, from, from Arthur Smith's point of view, I don't want to see Greg Roman. If I was Lamar, I would go back to Baltimore. They're talking sweet to me. They're talking about spread offense, up tempo. I, no I love money. all the things. No guaranteed money. Yeah, no, no guaranteed money. <laughs> yeah. Atlanta, if they want to run that, that smash mouth, we only want to score. We only want to have two possessions in this game. We want to run 15 minutes of the clock and run out an entire quarter. Get Greg Roman. He's great at that. He's We've terrible at passing the ball. You get Lamar, you get Greg Roman back, you got Kyle Pitts, you got Drake London. Uh, it looks like the same exact team. Yeah. You got Tyler Jerry and maybe Cordell Patterson again. I mean, you know, maybe draft B. John Robinson. Who knows? Yeah, you know, that's, I, that's four running backs on the roster right there, including Lamar. <laughs> um, I mean, Lamar basically in the next coming weeks, he's going to negotiate and then he's going to tell Baltimore, bring me my money or else I ain't going to be here. I mean, it's that simple. And that is, they will get two first if they choose not to match the contract. That's what they get. Yeah. Um, man, we're geniuses. We're geniuses. Genius. Lyrical geniuses here. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, we're done. Yeah. No more breaking news here on Armchair GM. First ever breaking news, I believe. Possibly. I, I, don't, I don't remember the last time we had breaking news. But uh, that is going to do it for us today here on Armchair GMs. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next time for some more off-season previews and rebuilds in the NFL. Peace.